0: In the name of the one, holy, and ever-so-living God, amen. amen. Please be seated. Spiritual journeys. The whole concept of our lives and faith as a journey, that concept is at the heart of this parish. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're welcome here. And I celebrate that welcome, that there's a space for each one of us here wherever we are in our relationship with Jesus or with God. And I celebrate the invitation to be here to discover together where our journeys lead, where Jesus may be alive in our life, be it in healing and comfort or grace, forgiveness or challenge, renewal, And I celebrate the invitation to discover together where God may be calling us in this life. How do we share this love? How may we serve? And where is God leading us next? What direction might be out front? I'm also grateful that we're welcome here, even if we're in a space of, I don't know where the heck I am in my walk with God. That space may be feeling empty, feeling some desolation, separation from God, or maybe even abandonment by God. And that could be at a personal level or a worldly one. And that's a very real place on the map of our spiritual lives. That place of where is God? Where's God now? Be it in my life, in the life of the nation, our world, the planet. And I'm up here this morning carrying some of that crushing angst about our culture, our government, and our nation as a whole. Is day after day this week, young, innocent people, a family, and last night a couple were shot for innocent mistakes or just playing basketball in a street and having a ball bounce on a neighbor's yard, on that yard and bang. And just yesterday, last night, a couple delivering some Instagram groceries. They go up the wrong driveway, and they're shot. I'm horrified, and I'm angry. There hasn't been a year that I've been in this parish, it's going on nine years now, where I haven't had to stand up here and preach in the terrible aftermath of a mass shooting. When I first got here, there was Michael Brown, San Bernardino, and that was on the anniversary of the Santa Monica College shooting. There was the morning after the Orlando nightclub shooting in the middle of the night, and that morning, our people heading out to walk in L.A. Pride. Preached right after the high school shooting in Parkland, the Thousand Oaks shooting in that club, and that's just me. Reverend Nate had the blessing of having to preach after Uvalde and all those children killed. All this violence rooted in hate, nurtured by fear, and it's driven by racism, anti-black, anti-Asian and Pacific Islander, anti-LGBTQ+, anti-immigrant. Violence fed by fear. And now that's all mixed up with what feels like, to me, anti-anyone who is not like me, anti-anyone who dares come to my house, my car, my yard. So yeah, the ma- place on the map of my spiritual journey this morning is a place of anger and deject- dejection and asking, when, oh, when, Lord, will we be delivered from this evil? And what, or oh what, Lord, are we supposed to do because it sure feels like evil is winning. So as the weeks gone on, shooting after terrible shooting, I've been sitting with the gospel I just read. It's one of my absolute favorite stories about the two disciples, Cleopas and his companion, walking to Emmaus three days after Jesus' crucifixion. And it's the day the women had found the tomb empty. And I'm seeing more than I've ever seen before how they were feeling in that walk, their grief at, at Jesus being crucified, likely their helplessness, crushed by what they were feeling and experiencing as the death of hope. And then a the stranger shows up, who Luke tells us is Jesus. And a stranger slash Jesus says, what are you discussing with each other? so intently while you're walking along. And we get a taste of that depth of their pain and how they respond because the first thing they do, they just stand there, totally still, looking sad. Cleopas finally speaks up and asks Jesus, are you, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who doesn't know what's happened? And he noticed that Jesus doesn't, in that moment, suddenly reveal himself and say, hey, no problem, I'm here, it's all good. I'm back. No. Jesus doesn't immediately obliterate their grief or their despair. No, what he does is he asks them, what things? He asks them to share what's in their heart, to share with him their grief, their lament, and share their fears. And ultimately, they say that Jesus' death meant that their hopes had been dashed, that we'd hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. This is the heart of the pain, the smashed hope. And once they've shared their grief, that God is not going to deliver them, Jesus says, oh, how foolish you are which one Greek scholar, ancient Greek scholar, said the tone and the verbs or words actually should be translated more like, oh, you sweet dummies, oh, how come you can't get it? (laughs) And with great generosity, Jesus, this apparent stranger, launches in to teach them and to interpret scripture with them, revealing all the things about himself that the prophets had declared from Moses forward. And yet their eyes were kept from recognizing him. All this learning, all this engagement with scripture and one another in discussion. We have Jesus listening, teaching, absorbing, acknowledging, and then gently undoing the groundwork of their hopelessness, guiding them towards a bigger picture of who the Messiah is who God really is, but they still don't see. But their hearts are moved enough to invite Jesus to dinner with them, to stay with them when they get to the village and to not keep walking. And at that moment when this stranger slash Jesus sits down to eat, he blesses the bread, he breaks it, he gives it to them, And boom, they recognize him. They recognize that they have been with Jesus all along, in their despair, in their walk. Jesus had already been there. And at that moment, Jesus vanishes. Jesus ever-present with them, finally recognizable, then poof. How much of that is like what it is for us on our spiritual journeys. How much of when they say, were not our hearts burning when he was talking to us on the road, when he was opening up the scriptures? How how many of us have had that experience of a moment of connecting with Jesus, of connecting with the living God, and wow, the moment of being able to look back at one's spiritual journey, one's path in the past, and see where Jesus had been alive and walking with us and guiding us in times of despair, in times of hopelessness, as well as in times of joy. I think this is a true depiction of what it really is to walk in faith with Christ. That there's holding these places of desolation, these places of hopelessness where Jesus is with us and holding those times paradoxically when Jesus is known to us and we're aware that he's there. St. Augustine wrote about this in a way saying that the teacher was walking with them along the way and yet he himself was the way. Our spiritual journeys are multifaceted and we live and walk with the often unrecognizable presence of Jesus and we also live and walk into terrain unknown. I don't know what is ahead of us for a nation or even for me individually or any one of us as we deal with gun violence, as we deal with white supremacy, as we deal with hate and fear in this world. But we do know that we're invited each week To come to this table to have the bread broken to share a meal with jesus to reconnect with jesus whether we feel it or not this is the heart of easter this is god's eternal presence with us in christ and this is where i lay my hope may not feel it right now maybe really angry right now but i know the promise in scripture, the mystery of God's living presence with us is real. And that's where my heart moves. And I pray that's where your hearts may move as well. Amen.